Hello, and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we are so excited to talk about money and kids with our special guest, New York Times bestselling author and financial expert, Beth Kobliner. Yes. And then, as always, we'll end our show with our Cool Picks of the Week. So welcome back. Hello. Great to be here. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you joined us. You know what, Kristen, can you let our listeners know a little bit more about Beth for those who are not familiar with her amazing work? Yes. Well, we both had the privilege of getting her brand new book in the mail. It was the fastest arriving book. I don't know how (laughs) you have ins at the post office, Beth, but wow. We got this book. It's called Make Your Kid a Money Genius, Even If You're Not. You're talking to me. You are talking to me, Beth. (laughs) Both of us. Um, So Beth is the author of the best-selling personal finance Bible, Get a Financial Life, and now her new book is out, Make Your Kid a Money Genius. It's a step-by-step guide that shows parents how to teach our kids how to manage their money. And I do love that you've got some tips for parents about our own money, too, even though that's not the focus of the book. Yeah, Helping us out as well, not just helping us be better parents, but being better money people ourselves. And I love that we're talking about this because you pointed out that research shows the number one influence on kids' financial behaviors is their mom and dad. And fortunately, not the Kardashians. So we're glad to hear that. (laughs) Uh, Yes. We win one. (laughs) That is true. And I think that's terrifying for parents because money is such a taboo topic. We're ashamed. We're afraid. We don't know enough about it. You know, we know much more about nutrition or sex. And we have those conversations with our kids and not talks about money. So I made Make Your Kid a Money Genius even if you're not, specifically for parents who maybe aren't comfortable about money. And while you're sort of learning what to teach your kids, you also learn it yourself. So why do you think it's so uncomfortable? Is it just because it's something we don't know that well? Yeah. I mean, it's not taught in schools. It wasn't taught to uh, us as parents when you were school either. And I think people are afraid of their own credit card habits. They're overwhelmed. Parents are overwhelmed by their own student debts. Mm. We're fearful of saving for our kids' college. But there are research things that show, for example, if you set up a savings account for your kid, even if they're really little, and you tell them this is your savings account for college, that child is more likely to go on to college, no matter how much money you have in that account. And I go through, of course, as they get older, how to get financial aid and when to apply for it. I think those kind of basic tidbits that if you give in to your kid at the checkout line and they want something and you say yes all the time, well, studies show those kids who get yes all the time, have more credit card problems when they're in college and beyond. So just knowing some basics and how to talk to your kids, I think is really important, whether they're three and you could start as early as three research shows up until, you know, their mid-20s. That Ah. blows my mind, talking (laughs) to three-year-olds. What do you talk to a three-year-old about when it comes to money? There's actually a lot. And I think my best compliment so far was a friend who is a doctor who said to me, wow, I just read your book and the stuff about how hard work matters, or we have to wait for things we want. You know, we wait for the swings, we wait for birthdays, but we also have to wait for something we want and save up our money, whether it's an allowance we get or money from grandparents, save it up in a jar. Maybe you have a spending, sharing, saving jar, or however you save it up, you save up that money for something you really want. And this doctor mom said to me, you know, it helped me talk to my child. Like with the three-year-olds, I mean, really, what's there to talk about sometimes? (laughs) 
So sometimes it's just arguing. Right, right. <laughs> Explaining to your kid, you make money by working, bringing them into the office, really making that concrete. Uh, someone in my office used to say she thought her dad's job was to read the New York Times every day because he'd leave with the paper under his arm and she had no idea where he was going. And oh. he was a teacher. But she didn't That's know. so funny. The other big one for little kids is chores. Chores need to be a part of your child's life. And there was a great study that just came out, University of Minnesota, that found that kids who got chores when they were four, five years old, that when you looked at them down the road, getting early chores was one predictor in terms of being a success in your career or a success graduating from school. That's good news for Kristen. Yeah, right? God, <laughs> Her kids me. are like the chore masters. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I am the chore master. I will say that I feel like for a lot of parents, and I'm envisioning this right now, there's going to be a lot of Band-Aid ripping happening, right? Like, <laughs> we get so annoyed with having to fight with our kids at the checkout line. Yeah. We go to ice hockey, and my kids always want to play those damn claw machines and gumball oh, machines. Who doesn't? I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, God. And so I feel like right now. The gum at eye level in the convenience oh, store. It's so like at kid level. It makes me nuts. Exactly. One really interesting I found is cereal. When you look at kids' cereal, yes. like Captain Crunch, the eyes of the cereal that's meant for children actually face downward in the aisle, so it looks right at the kid. Whereas, you know, grown-up cereal doesn't have that, so it's a little creepy, but there's a lot of marketing going on. And that's something you could point out to your kids. Kids, as you know, especially when they're a little older, maybe elementary or middle school, like to be in the know and look how they're trying to manipulate us and look what they're doing. <laughs> We're going to fight back and we don't want that. And I think going to the checkout line after you're saying hockey. Oh, the checkout. Okay. First of all, can uh, we just talk about that? Because what's funny, Liz, you know this. We did a post at Cool Mom Eats, our food site, Beth. Uh, we did a whole thing about supermarket tricks and what they try to do uh -huh. to get you to spend money. Yes. And the checkout line is evil. They are uh -huh. working against parents. <laughs> In every way. <laughs> look, I fall for it too. I'm like, oh yeah, I do need that Kit Kat. I need more <laughs> nail clippers. I just have to have it, you know? In my book, I have some stuff about the tricks to teach your kids to help them wait, save, and get what they want. So for example, do you know the marshmallow experiment? I'm sure you guys yes, have talked about that. I know yeah. the marshmallow experiment. The waiting. Could you wait for that <laughs> second marshmallow and how those kids get, you know, higher SAT scores and have better lives and all this crazy stuff. So not all kids are like that, of course. <laughs> Not all kids can wait. But little tricks like inoculating yourself before you go into the store. And I don't mean getting a shot. I mean saying to your kid, you know what? We are running in there and we're going to get diapers and milk or whatever. And then we're going to run out. Let's see how fast we can do it. We're not going to stop. If you get into that habit, I'm not saying it's easy. Believe me, I have three kids. But I feel like if you prepare them mentally and it happens one and if they cry or they carry on, you're like, nope, remember what we said? run out of the store, the next time they will remember that negotiating didn't help them. Ooh, that's a great I'm tip. a big fan of pep talks. Like, and I've, I've done this yeah, with my kids before. Exactly. We go to the grocery store, you know, Target is the worst. But I have to say that recently... I started giving my kids an allowance. I started giving them money. Uh -huh. And it's definitely changed the whining and the crying and the tantrums because right. they're more responsible. So let's talk a little bit about that because we did right. have a lot of questions about whether, you know, we'll get to allowances, but let's talk about cash. You know, do you yeah. want kids to have cash or you want them to have savings accounts? Okay. Like what's better for kids? Tell us. So 
they should have both, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, if they have some money saved and it's, say, $50 or more, you want to find a, a bank, probably a local bank, ideally, so you could go in, you know, call in advance, make sure it's the nice teller, but, like, make sure to prepare. <laughs> and then you just go in and you say, oh, we want to open an account. And it's, like, a memorable experience. I did that with all three of my kids. My parents did that with me. Yeah, and I remember me that it was a really big deal. It was to, a big deal. If I had, deal. like, $20 to go yeah. to the teller and actually see my money being taken away and put somewhere special. Exactly. And I think that really helps kids. And if they want money, once they want, you know, it's fun to see it build up. And some banks even offer kids passbook savings account, but you could look at it online with your kid. But I think the bigger point to keep in mind is you might remember like your parents sitting, writing checks, paying the bills at the end of the month on the kitchen table. Our kids don't see that anymore. We're doing it online. They're not noticing when we're making purchases. It's, It's hard to distinguish between buying something and just trolling the internet. What's really important is to, when you go into a store with your kid, to talk about what you're doing. Use cash when possible, because you know what? Polls are showing that kids don't understand that a credit card is money. You had a fantastic anecdote in your book about a kid who was at the Target checkout line with a parent, and the parent went to pay with cash, and the kid said, why don't you just use your card instead, as if that was something totally different. (laughs) I pay for it, Mom. Just use your card. Like, why use money? Oh, no. And I think it's so important to just go through those things that I, you know, have, like, scripts on how to talk about those things, but I think that kids really need to understand if you put it on a credit card and your family, you're buying an iPad, you know, it doesn't just cost $600, probably it'll cost us $1,200 or $1,000 if we only make those minimum monthly payments and we pay it back over several years. You know, it's pretty easy to explain to a kid how a credit card is really very much like a loan. You're paying out interest. Whereas it also makes sense if your kid has a bank account because they're like, okay, I'm getting in some interest. And yes, interest rates are super low, but they're online banks. If your kid is a little over like a middle schooler and you could say, hey, let's get a little better interest rate by going to this online bank. The whole thing is speaking those teachable moments and kids are so inherently interested in, oh, we're going to buy this brand soap versus this brand soap. This one has the pretty package, but this one is the same thing and it's half the price. Or, you know, what are the things we need? What are the things we want? Walking down the aisle, seeing, you know, do we need chocolate milk? No, but we need milk. Do we need, you know, veggie puffs? No, but we need vegetables. That kind of discussion. And I think using cash in particular is so important. I mean, my favorite story is when my daughter was a tween and her friends were going shopping to a mall and all the moms gave their kids a credit card to use. And I was like, nope, you're getting cash. I'm giving you a chunk of cash because that experience of getting to the counter and, oh, I have $50, but this costs $53. What do I do? I have to know. What do I do? I have to put something back. And I think that is critical for children. What I'm gathering from this right now, A, is that I need to get my ass in gear. (laughs) Number one, we're 10 minutes in and I'm already like, oh crap, I am way behind. But number two is that it sounds like it's a really fluid conversation. And we talk about technology and internet safety with our kids like that. We talk about like body issues and self-esteem like that. And it sounds like we need to be doing this when it comes to money as well. Absolutely. And I think that we're really at the time, frankly, when life is, let's face it, kind of uncertain and people are feeling yeah. a little like, how do I control things? It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It should be part of your life. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about it. If you're buying a car, 
bring your kid to the car lot, you know? Now, not every kid will do really well at a car lot, but sometimes, <laughs> my editor said that. He's like, after I read your book, I brought my daughter Lucy to the car lot and we learned so much and we had such a good time talking about it. And I think all those kind of conversations, it doesn't have to be super scary and overwhelming. I really mean that. Even saving for college, if you do some simple things now, and every chapter on savings or debt or investing has preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and then young adults. When your kid is, you know, move back home after all of this. And they're like, no, I, can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there, Beth. Yeah. I am going to hold my hands over my ears. But Liz, you have a great <laughs> question about gender differences because this yeah. is huge. This is so interesting. Yeah, this was fascinating. I just happened to be talking to a colleague the other day and her son, her nine-year-old does some um, like modeling and acting work. And she was talking to me about the experience of getting an agent and manager. And she said the most fascinating thing. And I was so glad, Beth, that we were about to talk to you (laughs) the next day. She asked him, you know, why do you want to do this? And his answer was, I want to have control of my own money. He Mm. saw it like a job, like a paper route. I want to have my own money. And the agent said, I never hear that from girls. Mm. I only hear that from boys. I know. It is so surprising and sad when I've looked into the data. Uh, This company did a poll and they found that parents talk more frequently to boys about money than girls. And when they asked the parents why, they're like, well, the boys are asking. I mean, would we talk to our girls less about sex if they didn't ask a question or alcohol? Of course not. We have to talk to boys and girls equally. So there's some culturally ingrained sexism, I think. Absolutely. And I think it's probably a matter of teaching parents to recognize when we're doing it. I remember how I learned from my mom, and she's an educator, so I learned Mm. everything from her. (laughs) She said that (laughs) when we meet like little kids, when you meet a a two-year-old and you don't know what to say, when you meet a little girl, people say like, aren't you beautiful? Or isn't that a pretty dress? Or what a princess you are. I like your bow. Yeah. Mm. And when they look at boys, they say, I bet those shoes make you run fast. And so I became super aware of that. And now when I look at girls, I go, I bet you're really smart or (laughs) I try really hard. But I realize I have to go against my own instinct to like compliment on looks. And I feel like I'm pretty aware of this stuff. So if I'm making mistakes, you know, then I'm sure the same is true when it comes to talking to kids about money and how you talk to girls differently than boys. And I think it goes all the way through, you know, starting with girls when they're young. And it is something actually both my parents are educators too. And the idea that you have to talk to girls about these issues. And, you know, again, parents also say their girls don't have the same sense of the value of a dollar. Well, if we're not talking to them, of course they don't. So we have to talk about that and continue the conversation, give them cash, I think, when spending, because that'll give them an edge over the boys. They'll really get a sense of how money works. And also, I think once they start applying these conversations for even like a babysitting job, I have a funny story where... A friend said that her daughter was going to babysit for a neighbor. And the mom's like, oh, if she offers to pay you, say it's okay. You know, like being a very nice girl, being like, oh. And sure enough, the girl went and said to the woman, oh, it's okay. Assuming the woman say, no, 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 of course I'll pay you. So the woman said, okay, I won't pay you. (laughs) And that was that. And it was such a realization that she wouldn't have had that same conversation with her son. Mm. Studies also show women are much more hesitant when it comes to negotiating for salary or speaking up 
Yes. From a bonus. So all that I think really starts at three, four, five elementary school when we set the tone and really make it a point to talk to our girls equally to our boys. And you know, just anecdotally, the other night we decided to watch the new um, One Day at a Time reboot <laughs> with my nine-year-old. Oh. I love the original so much. And I the, love the, the original. new one's fascinating. Ah. And so it's a Latina family and the mom is a single mom and she's a nurse. Right. And there was a whole episode about, you know, men mansplaining and gender issues and you know yeah. it was a little pat for a sitcom but there was a whole scene where she was upset that the guy who'd been on the job less than her was mm. making more money than her and the boss said to her something like well he asked for it mm. you didn't even tell me how much you wanted to make you just said wow. you were happy to have the job it's so and interesting I, it, yeah. it was such a great opportunity to talk to my daughter about like ask for the money <laughs> exactly and you know it's you know poor Mary Tyler Moore as we know you know oh, died know. the and I I used to watch that show in reruns all the time, probably even the originals. And I think that <laughs> there was a great episode where her boss, Mr. Grant, she worked in a TV station. She was a single woman that was like radical for that idea. Mm -hmm. She wasn't married. She had never been married or it's unclear whether she'd be married. And she asked her boss, Mr. Grant, why did the producer before me earn $50 more a week? And he just said, because he was a man. <laughs> and this was in the 1970s. Damn. And he said, yeah. family. So at least the explaining is gone. Okay. You didn't negotiate, which is still terrible and not fair. Right, right, but right. It is a wake-up call for parents to be talking to girls about all these issues, whether it's saving, investing, even at young ages, the analogy of you plant a seed and it grows a plant, that's what we could also do with money. There's some great calculators on investor.gov where they talk about ways to you know, get compound interest. Explaining tax-free compound interest sounds like a nightmare, but it actually can be <laughs> it does simple. to me. It does. You, yep, <laughs> it does, but you I pretty much you. Yeah, if you usually go to the bank, it's like you earn interest on that money. You have a hundred dollars. Say you earn a dollar at the end of the year. Then the next year, you're in interest on a hundred and one dollars. So you're earning interest on the interest you earned. And then you earn interest on the interest and the interest. Remember those commercials for hair shampoo and so you on? Two friends I'm only afraid two friends. to talk about interest with my kids because then they're going to start charging me interest on the allowance. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> See, this, there's a fine line, Beth, between like too much information and not enough. Now, can we talk about allowances because... Yeah, I would love to moly, too. We had so many questions and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what I do. How about this, Liz? And you can tell me, Beth, what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. I can take it. We're thick-skinned, mostly. <laughs> okay, so I have four kids. I am broke now <laughs> for paying allowance. I pay them half of their age. I think that was a Dave Ramsey thing. I forget. And they are paid at the end of the week, and they get their allowance for doing everything that they basically should be doing every day of the week, which is like they walk to school, they bring their dishes to the sink, they make their beds, we rotate the bathroom duty. So it's basically existing in our home. And so that's what happens. They get that at the end of the week. I don't have accounts for them yet or anything, which I do need to do. But so what do you say? Am I, am I on the right track here? You are really on the right track. Here's one question I have for you, though. If they don't do the chores, do you still pay them? Um, if they don't do their daily routine, like they're like, you know what? I didn't make my bed and I'm, I don't want to empty the dishwasher. Like, do you, it's a regular allowance that you give them separate from chores. Yes. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes, ding, it ding, is. Ding. You got it right. 
separate allowance from chores. And that's exactly what you're doing. And the amount is great, actually, because it used to be they were like, give your kid their age. And it starts getting really expensive. So many parents said to me, yeah, I'd like someone to hand me 50 bucks a month or you know, 75. So I think half their age is a great idea, actually. And you're very smart to separate it from chores that they have to do these chores because that's what being part of a family is. But you're going to give them the set amount of allowance. And what do they use that money for? Are there specific ways that you say, look, you can use this money for anything that I won't provide for. How do do they decide how to use the money? So basically they are responsible for everything that's not a necessity. So if they want a new bathing suit in February because they Ah. are going to the YMCA with their school, Ah. then they have to buy their own bathing suit. I don't buy that. But if it's in the summer and they need a bathing suit, then I will buy it. I think that is so smart because, and you're clear about it. Now, do you ever give in? It's like, oh, I know. I mean, she wants to swim at the Y and swimming's good and her old bathing suit's too small. And I mean, you have four kids, so there could always be hand-me-downs, I guess, somewhere along the line. But do you ever give in sort of to change that rule at, at like a moment's notice when you're at the store or it seems like a good request or do you really stick with it? I really try to stick with it as best I can. Now, this is a new thing for me. Yeah. So basically what was happening mm. is that I was getting bombarded with requests. Oh, and I was like, yes. this is ridiculous. Right. Now, I used to do something before, which I'm sure other parents can probably relate to, where I was doing like a chore day. Right. So I was doing it wrong and I was Uh paying them for all these chores. Although some of them were like extra big time, you know, like cleaning toilets and all that jazz. Exactly. However... Now that I've started this method, Mm -hmm. I am not being bombarded at all. And no, I don't give in. I will buy books. That is the one thing that I will always buy because I'm fine to buy books. Um, But anything else? No, I'm a stickler. And my six-year-old has thrown many a tantrum. Many a tantrum. (laughs) As six-year-olds I want to do. Now, now in terms of the amount. So, Liz, do you have questions to jump in here? Because I know. I do. Because I'd like to know about, you know, my situation. So, I was always like the terrible mom. I promised my kids allowance. And they'd be like, Mom, you owe us six months and three weeks allowance. <laughs> like, I'd be so bad at giving it to them. And I realized it was partly because they weren't really expected to buy anything themselves. So I don't think it had much meaning for them. Everything changed this year when my older daughter started middle school and they're allowed to go out to lunch on their own. And so what we agreed on is I would give her a set amount each week and that would have to cover her lunch and anything else. So if she wants to go to Starbucks with her friends after school, if she wants to go get bubble tea, at the Vietnamese place. If she wants to get pizza at lunch, that's fine. But if it runs out by Wednesday, she's making her lunch. And I found it really helped because she could understand the value of a dollar because she was forced to spend it. My, but I'm Okay, you two help. are perfect. No, that's <laughs> not perfect. You've, no one's ever said that. <laughs> the, the, the one perfect is I did start my kids on savings accounts. So I'm patting myself mm-hmm. on my back for that because that was a long time coming. But with my younger one, it's harder because Mm. she doesn't have that autonomy. She's not out on her own. So I give her $5 every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So my question, and actually we've had another reader, Melissa, Mm. um, ask about this, is should we be vetoing our kids' expenses and choices? So that's been like my big question because she always asks, Mom, can I get this? And sometimes I'll be like, no, that thing from the Spirit Halloween store is crap. It's going to break in a day. Don't get it. And then I thought, well, maybe I should let her get whatever she wants and she you right. can realize it's crap. And sure enough, the thing broke. And she was like, oh, it broke. And I was like, well, you got another allowance in two weeks. And so right. that helped her understand value a little bit. But yes. what do you think? Should we be guiding our kids or just letting them fail on their own when it comes to money? Yes. 
Well, a couple of quick things. First of all, did she save the receipt? Because if you bought something and you have a receipt, that's it's a lesson in its own right. You could say, you know if what? If she saved it, it's under a pile of crap so high in her room, <laughs> I, I would find it in like 2027. That's a great lesson because I'm terrible it about is. that. The other day, my son bought this like little drum kit thing with his own money and he came back. He's like, ah, it doesn't work. You know, I, <laughs> I rifled to like I save all our paper bags and I rifled at the bottom of the drawer and I was like, oh, it's there. So saving those receipts and taking the receipt at the cash register with your kid and saying, if this breaks, we can return it. That's like amazing power. I also think though, it's fine as a parent to have some spending rules. You could, you know, you might want to limit candy. Well, that's what I do. Candy is, yeah, I limit candy. My kids would come home with Costco-sized bags of candy if they could. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give them your Costco membership card, Kristen. (laughs) Yeah, rule number one, don't give your kids your Costco card. Thank you. (laughs) But I think in general, it is good to give kids some freedom to buy what they want, particularly as they get to later in elementary school or middle school. You know, having that conversation, saving the receipt, making it a teachable moment, or the store says, nope, sorry, we can't return it. That's like a great experience too. You remember those things as kids. I remember returning things as a kid. And I think that really uh, hits home. I do think the question that you started out with, like, okay, you're... You had an allowance and your kids weren't asking for it and you weren't giving it to them. That is the number one thing I hear from parents. Parents look at me with, you know, embarrassment, <laughs> and tears and say, oh, we started an allowance in January, but it's March and we don't remember. You know, it's like <laughs> such a thing. And I looked at over two dozen research studies them from England and Canada all over just because this is like the myth and every financial person talks about it. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter if you give them an allowance or not give them allowance. The most important thing is being consistent as you both are. No, not. That's why I had to change because I was forgetting. See, for you're, you're, you, but no, no, Liz, you consistently didn't give her one. So <laughs> I was consistent in my lack of consistency. <laughs> well, let me ask you along those lines, then, if you've got a kid who's a little older, like my middle schooler, do you think it's better to give them the cash, like here's $20 every other week or whatever it is, or to open like a checking account for them and have money automatically transferred into their account every two weeks so you don't have to think about it and then they have to start thinking about banking is that good or is that too old for them bad it's way too beyond their understanding and i think Mm -hmm. it's more convenient for us so obviously everything's a trade-off if you can swing it so that your kid either gets the money from the atm machine or you hand them the cash because i'm telling you the transferring into an account is something that's blind and you can't see it and the kid really pops up in the account and then it's gone in two seconds there's studies that show when we use cash, we actually experience this physical pain of paying. Whereas if you use plastic, it's like whoosh. And people actually end up spending twice as much when they use plastic, whether it's a credit card or even a debit card, twice as much when they use plastic than when they use cash. And that is such a big critical issue for kids right now because they're not seeing the money and it's sort of invisible and they don't really feel like it's real. And that goes back to us being role models for our kids. So maybe we need to change our own financial habits so they can see what we're doing and mimic. That's hard. That's hard. Beth, you are the data nerd after our own heart. I have to say, Liz, are you just like pinging right now with all this data and research? It's fantastic. I'm like, Ooh, I want to read those studies. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, I actually have in the back of my book, speaking a nerd, I have a whole list of all the studies. 
studies. Like I made sure to include that. So if somebody really wants to go in depth, you can find pages and pages of reference for studies and also books that I really, really, really recommend that like very few that I love in terms of these topics. Usually they're not for kids, but it's more a general, you know, financial overview. Ooh, I'm looking right now. You have 192 footnotes with references. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. One day at a time, my parents wouldn't let me watch the episode when Julie loses her virginity. <laughs> I was like, middle school. That's a whole other show, isn't it? <laughs> so as long as we're talking about plastic versus cash, I mean, right. the reality is you probably should have plastic, I believe, if only for safety issues when your kids are older. Right. Like if my daughter is, she walks to school by herself. Let's say she wanted to take like a cab for some reason to get home. Right. Now she does not have plastic because she's 11 and I don't think there's yeah. a need. But I've seen kids in her class, which it blows my mind. They go on their phones and they go, oh, I'm going to order this from Amazon. Boop, 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 boop. And they buy it. And I think, what? They have like full access to their parents' accounts. So I, yeah. I personally wouldn't do I that. I think that is but, so wrong. Okay, good. So I'm not like a horrible sanctimony for thinking that was insane. You know what you could do? I mean, in her knapsack or in her bag or whatever, like make a little pouch, put in, you know, $50. Yes, she might lose, you know, in a secret thing that nobody will see. You know, uh, she'll lose but I really think that getting back to concrete money for kids is so important. First of all, it's not really legal to allow your kid. I mean, the, re the regulations say you have to be 21 in order to get a credit card on your own. And if you're younger than that, you need to have some sort of income or you have Oh my gosh. People who have watched Gossip Girl are going to be completely blown <laughs> away by this. <laughs> Teenagers should not have platinum cards. What? Right. Or their parents are co-signing. Typically, it may not build up your kid's credit score. Like if you're a kid in college and you co-sign the card or authorize the card, right. it's possible that they're not even building up their own credit record, which really is important as you get older when you want to you know, buy a home or get a car loan, then you do need credit. But we don't even need to talk about a credit record. 19, 20. I mean, I think there's been, it's actually, I think, a little insidious. I feel that more and more parents with young kids are saying to me, but does my kid need a credit record? No, not until they're like mm. 19, 20 years so old. So even college pretty much is like the right time that a kid can maybe get like be an additional card holder on your account exactly. or... or better yet, wait until they're, you know, 19 and they're eight, not the first year of college because I have a son who's a first year of college and a lot goes on the first year of college. Hey, absolute vodka's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was me, freshman year in college. <laughs> but also it's so important for kids to understand, hey, I work, I have a job. And then I get a credit card. I qualify for my own credit card in my own name when you're 18 or over. So maybe sophomore year of college or junior year of college. And, you know, I get into all ways of how you can give your kid a debit card when they're in college for a very set amount. Just what you're doing with your little ones. It's really interesting. My kids know I have a daughter who's a junior in college, too. And, and they know that if you are using it for health care or books, school books, we will pay for that with the debit card and you're able to. But if there's something beyond like not eating on the meal plan or, hey, mom, my friends are going to Maine on a ski trip over spring break or winter break, whatever. We don't ski, so I don't know why, you know, winter break. <laughs> she said, you know, I want to go. And I'm like, great. That's what your savings is for. That's what the money we give you. And she's uh... like, okay. And she spent so long figuring out. She ended up taking a nine-hour train rather than a two-hour flight because she said, I would save $400. I'm like, good for you. 
great decision. That's great. And part of me felt like, oh, it's a 12-hour train ride or eight-hour, you know, it's a long train ride. And my husband said, no, that's what you've been preaching, lady, you know. Well, I would think it helps to have a mom who is a financial expert <laughs> to help you develop good habits. Yeah, well, my son was five, though. He once, I was tucking him into bed and he's like, mommy, I have a question. And I thought, oh, where are babies from? He's like, how do I get higher interest on my savings? <laughs> Awesome. That is fantastic. So I guess the last question I'd have is, what do you tell parents, and we kind of talked about this in the beginning, but what do you tell parents who may be struggling themselves with money right now or who haven't had the best habits? Um, they have trouble sticking to a budget. Like I, I think about this as kind of like, um, how do you have the drug talk when you right. did drugs in college? So if you haven't had a good financial history, how do you talk to your kids about money and budgeting? Yeah, that is such an important question. And just like they used to say with drugs, they would say, lie to your kids. Right. Now the advices and studies have shown, don't lie, but don't overshare. Like you don't right. have to go into, right. oh, it was the you know 70s or 80s. And it was a great time. <laughs> you don't say, oh, I used my credit card and instead of paying my bills, I went to Paris. It was so much fun. <laughs> you sort of put your financial baggage behind you. Whatever that is, because I've met so many people, oh, my parents were great with money, so they were so stingy and frugal, and I love spending money, and that's my rebellion. <laughs> well, people are like, no, my parents were bad with money, mm. and I'm bad with money because I never learned. So I feel like no matter which way you go, many people have issues with money. It's just a very common thing, and frankly, it doesn't really matter right now because you're going to put that aside, and you're going to, you know, if you read Make Your Kid a Money Genius, uh, my favorite thing was somebody said to me, you know, the secret about this book is it also makes the parent a money genius ah. because you start thinking about these topics. And I have a chapter just for parents yes. at the end. That was my favorite. Saved, I love that. Right. But with kids, you want to keep it age appropriate. Uh, you want to use anecdotes when you're talking to them. You know, Aunt Susan, well, when she was younger, she didn't use her credit card well, and now she can't get a home loan. And just discussing what that means. And maybe you don't want to use real names because when they see Aunt oh. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it for an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> And one of the big ones is don't lie. When you're in the store and you're just like, can I get that? It is so common and easy to say, I don't have my wallet. I don't have my money. I don't and oh. then they see you take out your card and buy a, you know, Soy Cafe LA um, at the store. And they're like, wait, you said you don't have money. And that really confuses the issue. Oh, even okay. So no lying about how much money you have. Because I have to admit, I was definitely guilty when my kids were toddlers of being like, oh, no, the ice cream store is closed. They ran out of ice cream. <laughs> but but I guess that kind of white lie might be okay. But not saying, well, we don't have any money. Well, you know what? You know what happens is what happens to me. And look, I've been really trying hard to avoid this, but you know, giving my kids quarters, I go back to the ice hockey rink because it is the bane of my existence, Beth. But I mean, you give them quarters once and then I'm not kidding you. They were dumping out my bag. They were rifling through my wallet. It was insane. Yeah. And then they'd be like, are you sure you don't have a dollar? And I would say, no, right. I don't have a dollar. And I'm not lying to you. And they still wouldn't yeah. believe me. So I am paying for this. Parents, learn yeah. from me. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be realistic. Do it. Yes. You know, I think it's very common for parents to say, okay, I can't believe you. You're always asking for stuff from now on. Everything you buy is on you. And like, that's not going to happen right, to right, your right. four-year-olds. I mean, this is not going to happen because they can't get a job. So you, you want to try to keep it a little calmer when you sort of think about what works for your family. Then also, and try to, and this is a tricky one too, try to avoid fights 
with your partner, spouse about money, because it does show that when kids hear their parents arguing about money, it has an impact on them and they tend to be less good about money down the road. Now, it's totally okay to go behind the door and talk quietly and disagree and then, you know, come up with a decision. But I always say, you know, my spouse are always like, look, I got to check in on that. I'll get back to you Mm. as much as possible. And you can't do that when they're rifling through your bag for quarters. (laughs) Now you have your great allowance system and you're like, no, it's your allowance. I'm saved. I've been saved. Well, listen, I have to say that I, and I think Liz will agree with me, that your book, Make Your Kid a Money Genius, Even If You're Not, is really great for parents with kids of all ages. So I know we have listeners with babies and toddlers. If you've got teenagers, it's not too late and it's certainly not too early. And it's a fun, easy read. It's like a really fun book to read. The tone is great. It's down to earth. You do not feel like you're reading an economics textbook from college. So I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And you can go to Amazon. We can find you at your website. It's BethCobliner.com. You're also on Twitter. Yeah, it's all over. All over the place. And listen, feel free. If you've got more money questions you want to ask us and you, you know, you pick up the book and you still have more questions, you can email us, spawned at coolmompicks.com. We're on Twitter at coolmompicks. Beth is Beth Kobliner, K-O-B-L-I-N-E-R on Twitter. And then we're also, you're on Facebook too. We're everywhere, just like you. Together. And we're hey, everywhere. if you use the hashtag spawned show, then yes. we can find you even faster. Yeah. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And we're so glad, Beth, you're going to stick around and do a cool pick of the week with us. Yes, I am. Would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, So my cool pick, and it's sort of a toss-up between two, is go on mint.com or nerdwallet.com. Yeah, those are both good sites that can help you either, you know, track your spending and find good interest rates, financial reviews out there, good places to get a checking account or savings account. So I, I think those two sites are extremely helpful for parents and they're free. Well, free. Well, we like free. Yeah, free is great. Now, <laughs> I've tried the Mint app before and I think it's been the one that I've always come back to. But I'm Liz, are yeah. you familiar with NerdWallet? I haven't tried NerdWallet. I've heard about it, but I, I admit I do not go on there very much. So I am not that familiar with it. Right. So this is these are great. And look, we like free and we like websites that are helpful for parents at all yes. stages. So those are great picks. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Thank you. So you know what? As long as we're talking about free, right. I got a freebie too. Oh, you know, Because right. that will help save you money. I love this so much. Our writer, Lexi, for Cool Mom Picks, put together nine wildly creative free principal valentines for the classroom and you guys we do this every year these are like the best finds ever in the world like she really searched the web and found like printable fortune cookies that you can fold and put your own fortunes in or you know like those kind of little cootie catcher you know valentines where you write notes in them or ones where you can add a little toy onto it or sunglasses or even just you know cute ones you can print and fold or you know add a piece of candy or not anyway it's on cool mom picks it's free Valentine's Day printables for the classroom and it's really really good and my kids look forward to this post every year but this is uh, honestly the best one ever so I'm recommending our own post because it'll save you money well yes I was gonna say I mean I've got four kids to buy Valentine's is insane so I love (laughs) I love this and you know what the best one in here she found free printable David Bowie Valentine's yeah I think those win everything (laughs) they're awesome she did suggest that maybe you keep the hot tramp Valentine out of the mix for school but the other (laughs) ones are pretty great why (laughs) Why would you do that? All right. Well, my pick isn't free. 
So, but it is very inexpensive. And it's also, I would think, kind of a lifesaver. Maybe not like David Bowie Valentine's, but <laughs> Beth doesn't know this. But Liz, you know that I was uh, visiting our sponsor, uh, JCPenney, the Sephora stores. Do, do people know that these are in JCPenney? Because I yeah. love them. Very convenient. Yes. And so I was up there. I got a free skincare basics makeover a couple days ago, which everyone can get if you go to your Sephora and JCPenney. Anyway, they introduced me to this life changing get this it's a face wash that doesn't involve water <laughs> really it is my new favorite thing yes it's the sephora collection cleansing water and milk and it is a cleanser but you just rub it on your face and you don't have to wash your face with water that's so great wow. for travel i like know and you know for lazy moms like me who literally cannot find the time <laughs> to splash my face with water <laughs> and wait to be clear this is not a sponsored recommendation no, this is just it's something not. you found and you love yeah absolutely I just wow. went there. And by the way, I mean, I have to say, I didn't know this, that you can go to any of the Sephora's and JCPenney and get a free 15-minute skincare basic. So like what I got as part of what we're working on with them, anyone can get. And this is the one oh. thing they recommended for me because I guess it's great for dry. Actually, it's great for all kinds of skin. Anyway, it's $7.50. Dry aging skin. We know something about that. Yes, <laughs> for the winter. I'm going to check that out for my book tour. Yes. That sounds like a good thing to have. It is. And it is travel size. So you can actually bring it safely on the plane because it's slightly over three ounces. So I think it's under the 3.4 is what it is. So it's it's really, perfect. really perfect. Anyway, that's my pick. And hey, with all the money you save on Valentine's, you can get a few of those. There you go. <laughs> it all works out. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. I learned stuff. I know Kristen learned stuff and I really hope our listeners did. We are so grateful to have you sharing your wonderful advice and we hope everyone Aww. picks up your book, Make Your Kid a Money Genius, even if you're not. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and support your local indie bookstore and find it there. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I had such a good time. And we love hearing from you listeners. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. You can actually do it right now on your phone. Click that button and then you can download all our episodes and never miss any. And of course, we can't do our shows without our amazing engineer, John Bowen. Thank Yay, you for John. making us sound so wonderful. Thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. 